This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Daguna Tool. Back again with you guys for another show, for another episode of our TGT podcast, our weekly series in where we look back at the latest Arsenal fixture and get the fallout from our friends and our group and our amazing bunch of TGT regulars. Joining me today, first of all, it's Lee Judges. How are you doing, fella? Are you well? Oh, I'm good, thank you, Tom. Yeah, couldn't be happier. The way things are going at the moment, all good, isn't it? All good. Yeah, not all bad. Good. It's been a while. Last show you were on, we delved into your personality and we went back through the history of Lee Judges. It was great. Uh, yeah. Did you enjoy that little chat? Oh, I did enjoy that. It's very good, like, you know what I mean? And uh, it was lovely to get all the nice positive feedback as well. So it was really good. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed that. So, uh, Thanks for that, because it was a, it was a good thing. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. It was, it was. We've done a few since then. You can check out my chat with Lee, of course. We've done one with Kev Campbell, Charles Watts. Uh, we've done one with James Benj, and I'm looking forward to doing a few more over the international break as well. We're also joined by Johnny Boy. How you doing, mate? Are you well? Yeah, yeah, doing good. Thanks for having me on. The beard has grown further since I think we've seen it's. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it's like it expanding. Has. <laughs> it's starting to get starting to expand a little. I, I might need to I might need to rein it in a little bit, but I'm gonna I'm gonna wait until we uh you know we're not winning so many damn games. I think it's a good luck, so I'm not gonna tell you. <laughs> Doing the Movember as well. That's yeah, ho- hopefully yeah. it's out to here by the end of the season if we can keep it up. So oh, good stuff. We're also joined by the man with the most controversial podcast on the planet. It's French. How you doing, mate? Are you well? Yeah, very well, mate. Very well. Um, yeah, we're, we're we're stirring up a lot of opinions and um, getting people um, talking. Yeah, it's all about conversation, man. People think mm-hmm. I, I just say stuff just to kind of troll or whatever. Nah, it's always <laughs> the aim of open and honest communication. So if you listen to my <laughs> podcast and you think I'm an asshole, please call in and tell me. It's because he is. That's why uh, <laughs> we can vouch that. Now, Mike's met you in real life. We have evidence and everything, so it's, it's all there. <laughs> anyway, let's crack on with today's show. If you are in indeed enjoying the content we produce for you all, please do drop a like on the channel and the video, and subscribe if you haven't done so already. Plenty more content to keep you entertained throughout the winter international break it is the winter one now we're in november it's ridiculous how fast 2021 is nearly over lee let me get your raw reactions to yesterday's victory oh I, i'm gonna have to oh, i wouldn't lie if i was saying it was hard work i, I, I 
it was a hard watch. Even though we played, I thought we played really well, but we just missed chances. And um, you just think, oh no, it's going to be one of those games. It's going to bite us again. You know, it was, it, you know, oh, half time. It's going to be one of those games. You can see what's going to happen. They're going to, we're going to have all the players, and they're going to nick one. And but to be honest, we we when I look back on it, we defended really, really well. And um, I don't think really like Ramsdale was that busy. I don't think he had a shot to save. So you have to give Arsenal credit for that. But what was the best thing about it, obviously, other than the result, was that a big, big, strong side tried to bully us a little bit and we stood up to it. And that was without, you know, Granite Xhaka and Parsi, two of our biggest influences in midfield at that sort of part of their game. So I think that it was really, really good that the um, the energetic play of people like Smith Rowe. I've got to say, like you know, I don't know how you guys think about this, but I cannot see Keane and Tierney getting back in the same team in a minute. Hmm. absolutely brilliant again yesterday, like you know, not just his forward players defending. I think we've got good defenders now. You know, I I, I think that Tommy Asselm maybe not the greatest going forward. But when it comes to defending that long ball, that long diagonal ball, which would go over Bellerin and then get the wide left player running at our our, our defence, is cut out because every time they played that ball, he won the header, which was so important. We win our headers, we win, we defend well. And the partnership between Ben White and um, Gabriel, name me a better partnership in the cent- uh, central defence in the Premier League. Uh, I'll I'll Can anyone wait. name I a better pair? I don't think there's a better pair. I really don't. I think there's probably you'd argue better defenders about, but as a pair, I'm I'm telling you, they're right up there at the moment, playing really, really well. And clean sheets. I can't believe how many we're getting them. Like you know, we should be we should be being sponsored by Purcell. You know, I mean, it's unreal how many clean sheets we're getting at this moment in time. You know, it is really, really refreshing to say that we can defend and defend well. I don't know if you noticed it yesterday, but there was a part of the game when. That we was on the attack, we got caught. They they hit us on the break quickly, and Tavares sprinted back 20, 30, 40, 50 yards. And when he got there, he didn't dive in, Tom. He just slowed down and made sorry. He was a very good player. He didn't. He, he then had to try and beat him instead of just making it easy for him. And I just thought, wow, you know, what I mean, the energetic levels of these guys uh, is really, really good. Maitland Niles couple of games in midfield was and his fitness levels were fantastic and this is where I'm going to say it now this this being in no Europe is going to help us it really is because I I looked at Liverpool yesterday looked a little bit jaded man United look a little bit we look fresh Mm, we do look fresh indeed Uh, we're going to have a fair few players uh, not going on the international break this this week as well which will keep us even more fresh but there will be one the Mill Smith throw a massive congratulations mm. to him on getting his first senior England call up I'm sure we'll talk about, about that a little bit more a little later John give me your raw reactions to that one nil with um I thought we were doing everything to lose that game uh, but... <laughs> that was the name of my podcast yesterday <laughs> was it was it yeah yes, okay, so, it was like we so tried we, everything we could to lose yeah we literally tried everything in the book to lose that game uh you know Obamiang I thought struggled uh, immensely uh he had like a hat trick of disallowed goals uh, a block penalty and then you know two offsides um one because he was offsides another one because he took a, a, a ball off Odegaard which I feel you got to feel bad for Odegaard because you know he's trying to get into this team and I'm mo- pretty sure that ball was going in but look you can look at Aubameyang's work rate over the over the last you know nine since since we lost to Man City really mm-hmm. and his work rate's been undeniable you know which is something that we criticized him earlier on 
uh, about trying to increase a little bit. So that's good that we're starting to see that from him. Um, but we just need, I want his head to be in the game a little bit more, like making more smarter decisions. And I think that, you know, he, he's one of those senior players. And I, I know Kroenke had, uh, Josh had his interview with Sky Sports. And one of the things he was talking about were these senior players. He's one of those senior players that these younger players are looking up to. So in terms of a raw reaction, just, you know, the fact that we didn't kind of let ourselves get beaten, even after all those those errors were, were important to me. So uh, I think Arsenal of the past might have crumbled a little bit, especially mm. when you add in the, the physicality that Lee was alluding to earlier, that, you know, that alone used to be enough to put us off and we would lose a game, right? But now you have bad decisions, which was a factor that used to put us off and make us lose games, plus now this physical team trying to bully us off the pitch. And, and we added those together, and still we were able to come through with three points I think was extremely important for us. And, and it's, it shows a progression. And I know we're talking about trusting the process, but um, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't really know. I, I haven't seen enough of the process to trust it yet, but I'm seeing a progression. And, and if, if the progression is part of the process, then that's at least a positive thing going forward. So that was my biggest takeaway. Plus, I mean, you know, and you could point to individual performances, which is fine. But they, these players have been performing week in and week out um, like this, which is good because one of the big things we wanted to see was consistency. And we're starting to see consistency in the performances and putting everything on the pitch and not leaving anything out and knowing at the end of the day that we're trying as best as we can. Sometimes you're going to have a game where things go against you. And that's and that, yesterday was a perfect example of that. But to be able to persevere through that with a little bit of luck and with a little bit of, you know, Neil Smith Rowe just being awesome, <laughs> you know, our players doing well and, and in great form, I, I think it's a positive thing. And uh, I'm just, I'm a little bit upset Ver, versus the city match when I was happy we had an international break. I'm almost a little upset we have one now because we have such good momentum going. But our te hopefully Arteta can do what he did in the last one where he basically turned our entire team around, uh, mm. you know, and re retooled everything and, and reformatted his approach um, and make us even stronger going forward because we have a big test uh, next at Liverpool at Anfield. So, just a, um, just a little great. bit of a test. Just a I mean, small. we could go ahead of them if we win, which is which is crazy. <laughs> if you think about like relegation yeah. fodder Arsenal, that was the that was the narrative about mm. Arsenal in the beginning of the season, and now we're talking about being top four potentially mm. ahead of Liverpool. I mean, the, whether we do it or not, the fact that we're in the conversation for that says a lot about where we've come since the beginning of the season. Absolutely. I mean, we're three points off second. That's that's where we are right now. Three points off second place, which is, yeah, when you consider that we uh, were five nil down against Man City uh, and and now we're looking at a situation whereby we could have even gone level with them had they have. I said had they, they were never going to lose against United. Let's be real, United are trash. Yeah, <laughs> right are. Now, which when I saw that news break today that uh, United have no plans to replace Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, only rival fans celebrated that news. That's that's what it was. The replies to that tweet were were amazing. French, uh, finally coming to you, mate. Raw reactions from the 1-0 win hit me with them. 1-0 um, win was all right. I honestly celebrated Ole Gunnar Solskjaer staying more. That was um, <laughs> that was the real highlight of the weekend. Um, no, yeah. The, do you know what? What's interesting? We're all going to say slightly different things about it, but it's all positive. My kind of angle on this um, is, is being really impressed with the kind of youth of the team. Um, specifically, the big one in that game was obviously um, Ainsley Maitland-Niles coming in for Thomas Partey. Um, obviously, Partey being injured. Um, sorry, Mainsley. <laughs> Get the trademark right. He's got back Mainsley. Yeah. He's got it back. Yeah, that trademark in there. Yeah. And that, yeah. that was a huge test. And I tweeted it before the game. I was like, right, this is really, um, this is really massive because 
now we're expected to win this game. You know, now the onus is on us. Now people, pundits, other fans, they're starting to say that we're good. And so traditionally, it's this is our banana skin. You know, we go into the... You're playing yellow. <laughs> right? And and exactly. And um, and usually we'd step on them and smush and fall over. But what happened this time was, right, disallowed goal. Wind come out of the sails a little bit, but we just kept going. And there's a kind of resilience and a perseverance, which you wouldn't necessarily expect from the youngest or second youngest starting 11 in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and it was just a huge test for that midfield too, especially, I thought, for Sambi and, and Mainsley. And they really came through it with flying colours, I thought. And I was really happy and really impressed with them. And then the other one for me as well is, is definitely Nuno. I think um, he's, again, I think he had an arguable man of the match performance against Leicester. Uh, and I think we've seen the same again um, against Watford. And I agree with Lee. I don't think Tierney gets his uh, his place back in the starting eleven as a guaranteed. Um, certainly not if it means swapping them for for Nuno. I've heard uh, people mention the idea of them playing together and maybe in a back three or, or that nice. sort of thing. Yeah, there you go. So, so but yeah. in terms of a swap, I don't think Tierney can just take Nuno's place now. For me, mm-hmm. it's it's the thing that he does where he just kind of switches effortlessly onto that right foot and cuts inside, um, and people are just like, whoa, whoa, what? Like I didn't. You're not allowed. Are you allowed to do that? Like, it just looks completely <laughs> out of the blue. It changes everything yeah. in the game. And then all of a sudden, he's doing stepovers in the box and licking off shots. And he's just really exciting and just obviously gives it his all. And still so new. And that's the other thing as well, right? Not only are these players young, but so many of them are signings from this summer. And people always talk about bedding in periods to the league or bedding in periods to a new system. And all these guys have hit the ground running. And it's just really fantastic to see. I think the upside and the future is really bright with these boys. Mm. Yeah, there's nothing quite like having a confident group, is there? When confidence is high in a team, you don't have to worry about the opposition. You just worry about yourselves and allow that buoyancy to carry you through each fixture. We've obviously, Lee, we've got a very, very big test coming up next against Liverpool. But there's this side, this as I say, this growing confidence that makes you feel like that. If, if you'd have said we were playing Liverpool, say after those three games where we were 5-0 down against Man City, you would have really feared for what might have been happening at Anfield. Mm. But now there is just this this era of confidence about the side. And I want to go into some of the specifics about the players uh, and some of the performances. Let's start with, with Mainsley, our boy. The TGT mascot is back. Um, he When I saw the lineup come out, I was worried. Like Partey not being there is such a huge loss for us. But he seamlessly just fit into that slot that was vacated by Partey like, like we never missed him. Yeah, I have to say that it was um, a, a tremendous performance for him. I think like everybody's looking forward to the game um, before, weren't they? And then when the team lineups come out, it was a bit of oh no, there's always something that, that you know, there's always some drama. And um, yeah, I think that where I was really confident that we was going to win the game, um, I was a little bit nervous before um, before the, the, the game. Twenty minutes into that game. You know, we weren't missing part of it. And I think that, that, I know it's only one game, and I think that's what, you, you know, over a five, six, seven game period, of course we'd miss part of it. But for that one game, we didn't miss him. That's the, the compliment that, that he needs, amazing. And I'll tell you something now with, with, with him is that he's put himself in a position where, do you know what? Come the next game, when Partey's fit, you know, do I play alongside him or, or is it the Conga now, like, you know? And the one thing I, I do give Mikel a little bit of credit for on this is that he could have gone for the safe option and brought, brought in Elneny in that game. but And I think he probably would have done if it was away from home. But because we was at home, he wanted to have it going both ways. And I felt that um, it was a bold move, a, a brave move from from 
uh, brave selection, I think, really, because you you know Arteta in the past has been a little bit safe, hasn't he, with everything that he's been doing, like you know tactics wise and and team selection. That wasn't safe, and it was um, the right decision because it, it proved to be. So for me, it ticked both boxes. Maitland Niles was superb in there. I, I thought. You know, he lasted the game as well, considering that, you know, he hasn't played that much. And also, I don't care what anybody says about Watford, and we can go whatever we think about Watford. That That's an experienced, physical side in there. And he stood up to it. And, and, and in fact, dominated. The, the, the Conga and Maitland-Niles were fantastic in there. They dominated that game. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Uh, Suzuko, we know he ain't a great player, as blah, blah, blah. But he's a, he's a French international that has played a bit. And one thing you would say is he's powerful. You know, they, they they held up to that physical challenge. And I'll tell you, that's the great thing about this Arsenal side at the moment. I like what I'm liking to see. Watford put that on us a little bit, like physical, and, and we stood up to it and give it back to them. And I, I noticed it yesterday a few times. Do you know like when we, someone's had a bad foul against us? We just sort of let it go, just like, all right, put the ball down, so... Not yesterday, getting into the referee's ear, like you know, what I mean, like I'm not, I'm well, what's going on here, and all that. I'm liking that sort of what I'm seeing, and I don't care. I'm gonna change the subject a little bit for the goal. Done the right thing, done loved the it. right thing, loved it, yeah. and that's what I like to see, like you know. And I've got no hesitation. And when a manager starts moaning about it, get in there, that's what I like. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I saw someone tweet. Um, that Spurs' goal in the North London derby, yeah. Thomas Partey yeah. was down injured Xhaka, when Son scored. Uh, sorry, yes, Granit Xhaka. Not yet. So the... not only was he injured, I mean, he's still not recovered from that injury. He yet. was actually injured. Yeah, he's he actually still recovering. Yeah, like, that's true. Really... And yeah. the Watford player who went down wasn't actually injured. That's he was getting up. Like, he was he yeah. saw him getting up, yeah. yeah. It was yeah. honestly... It, and, it it was was kicked out. and it was kicked out by a player that arguably should not have been on the pitch at the time. Yeah. Probably should have had a red. Rose. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a really positive display of performance, but there was there was one downside to it, um, which I can't ignore. And that was the performance John of Pierre Mikabamier, who mm -hmm. did have a difficult afternoon. Missed a penalty, yeah. poor touch, which obviously led to Saka being offside for his goal. Uh, stole a, a goal from Martin an amazing goal it would have been a lovely bit of trickery from him mm. to get through and a really confident right footed finish as well that he stole from him. What did you make of that? Is this just a flash in the pan, bad performance, or is this something that we need to be more concerned about? Yes, I think it is a flash in the pan, bad performance. I don't think we're going to see that from him all the time. Um, I think he's been a lot better this season than he was last season. Um, that's a different question than what should we consider other striking options going forward in, in, the, in the transfer window. But as, as right now, you know, he's the captain of the team. The, the manager trusts him to lead these younger players. He appears to be doing his job in that role as we're seeing progression across the board. Um, you know, he's not scoring as much as he did his first season with us, and but he's scoring more than he did in his last season with us. And there was a lot of, you know, mitigating factors with that. So, you know, that was a, a, a concerning performance, but you're going to have those, you know, even at the top level, you're going to have a kind of mayor performance like that, like, like, um, like Obama Yang did it. So I'm not too concerned that it's something that's like in, indicative of his decline in form, even though I think given his age, there's going to be that naturally. I think it was more just a bad day for him in the office. And um, I'm not 
that worried about it, especially considering all the other support that's around him and what we're seeing on a grander scale. Part of it being led by his increased work rate that we've been asking for. We want to see him put it all on the pitch and he runs his butt off. We, you know, has been for the last eight or nine games, 10 arguably. And, um, you know, you, you, you're going to have those bad days is, is the ultimate point. So would you I'm change too- the penalty taker? Would you change think, him? Was that because so he's missed that, his last two? So that was that's my next point. So now it's a question of okay, uh, do we change our penalty taker? Because if you look at his record here, I think he's missed four of them since he's been here. That might be a wrong number, but four out of 13, 16, 13 or something like that. Yeah, something like so, that. Yeah. yeah, versus uh, like someone like Lacazette who scored all eight out of eight that he's taken for us. Um, you know, Ainsley may not Mainsley is a, is a great penalty taker too. I think there's some concerns that maybe. Uh, Mainsley and Lacazette aren't going to be mainstays in the first 11. So, you you know, to have a designated p- penalty taker, you want to make sure they're likely going to be on the pitch. Um, you got you know, Pepe too, who, wasn't, who doesn't Pe- play either. Pepe so. Pepe's another good shout because I think he's a good penalty taker, but he's not one that's going to be, you know, always on the pitch. I think someone, you know, I think you need to start looking at your, uh, your uh, Smith Rowe kind of players. Who are ones that are going to be in week in week out, and um, would it's it's a good trait to have to start getting good at these penalty taking taking um, penalty taking, especially you know under pressure at such a young age, and you know we, we look at Saka and we see the the effects of that. So that might be something that he might want to take on his shoulders to to kind of get better, knowing that they're going to be ones that play for us week in week out. You also look at you know I haven't seen Tierney or anyone like that take a, a penalty, but even his spot in the first 11 is up for grabs right now as, mm. as lee pointed out that you know with with Tavares coming in and doing his thing um so it's a difficult one i i think you stick with a player that's going to be on the pitch week in week out and that that i think that's obamiang right now although the system with lacazette seems to be working although you know lacazette even if he's going to play on the pitch is going to be out in like 50, 60, 60 minutes, 70, you know, he's yeah. not going to be playing the whole time. And a lot of penalties come at the end of the game where everyone's tired and defenders are making last ditch challenges and making mistakes. So you, you need to factor that in. All of these things have to be factored in. And we know that um, an interesting shout, actually, if he's fit, would be Jaka. I would like to see Jaka start taking some penalties because when he's in the, when he's with the team, he's always available. He plays the full 90. He, you know, he, he, although, his decision-making is suspect at times. So I'd be worried yeah. for, for him to be the one to step up. So the, who takes our penalties is a very interesting question. And I'm not sure there's a clear cut answer right now. I think we'd, we're going to stick with Aubameyang, but I'd like to see Lacazette getting the chance because I think he's a little bit more cool-headed and clinical with the penalties. Steve Zone says, Alba had a bad day at the office, don't we all? Like uh, every, every day, day I feel like. <laughs> Every day, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> James says, got to love Aubameyang's work rate. The finishing will come. I mean, if you were going to say a positive about Aubameyang's display, he didn't stop running all day. Yeah. He kept going. Uh, didn't let, obviously, the penalty issues do him in. He, he kept on going. French, uh, <laughs> I want to give you a positive again. And, and the goal scorer, Emil Smith-Rowe, just been called out to the England national sides, which... You probably care less about than us, um, but uh, at the same time, we we have got a kid on our hands here alongside Bakayo Saka that is something quite special, uh, and I love the way he celebrates goals. You can tell how much he loves the club because he goes mental when he scores. He goes mad. I mean, what, how high can this kind of the, the ceiling be for this kid? Yeah, I, yeah, I love every time he scores a goal, he taps a chat, he taps a badge every single time in the celebration, and I absolutely love that. Um, 
got him on as my lock screen now the uh the, the new slides <laughs> um yeah, it's he's yeah he's absolutely brilliant and one good thing about him getting called up is that so when he wasn't called up i think most of us were doing sort of defense psychological mechanisms like well at least he's not going to get injured or i was going oh the under 21s are less intense than the senior squad so but now he's being called up it's yeah it's good it's a good thing he was called up we didn't want him to stay at home at all um Mate. Well, he was going to be for the under 21s anyway. So Yeah, but then I was like, oh, well, it's less intense, you know, so there's still a sort of protection mechanism going on. We didn't really want him called up. As soon as he's called up, that's, you know, that's 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 exactly what we want because ultimately it's a lot of pressure, it's a lot of work, but it's where he's going to grow into that sort of next level. Um, we've seen Saka when he's come back from the Euros and, and he's got a little bit of extra swagger about him, hasn't he? A bit of extra confidence. Mm. Um, and I think ESR is going to develop that as well. Um is he's he's incredible. And the more you think about it, the more kind of special he is. Because what happens at Boxing Day last year, right? It was like the end of Arteta's career, pretty much. All of us were there, like this is not working. This is not happening. We haven't scored a goal in like ten weeks or something horrible like that. Um, and then ESR coming to the start in eleven, and it's been an upward trajectory since then. That's not an understatement. Like the the, the points tally reflects that. The points per game reflects that. The I think the expected table how much you place space you place on that also mm. reflects that and so um yeah his introduction to the starting 11 has been um absolutely seismic like the impact that he's had on the team um picking up the number 10 shirt everyone's like right that's a big number can you carry that weight on your shoulders no problem is it you know what I mean? he's just come through and he's just tucking them away and when our senior statesman like Yang uh, or Lacazette are having a hard time finding the back of the net who's there to step up. And, and I just think it's it's really um, it's really beautiful what we're seeing, the way he's kind of growing into this role. Um, we always knew he had the skill. We always mm. knew he had the kind of intelligence. And I guess it was about, can he stay fit? And can he do this over a season? Because he had little injuries whilst he was kind of growing into his body. And, you know, that was really the thing holding him back from the first team when, like, your Sackers and Reese Nelsons were breaking into it. Um and, and yeah, I think just he's shown a lot of mental strength to continue kind of just being ready and willing and um, and, and a lot of commitment. And I think that's that's just one of the things that we love the most about him is, is just seeing how much he loves to play for Arsenal. Um, there's a quote I saw on Twitter. I don't know if it's real or not. So if someone can tell me. <laughs> he said, yeah, I saw something like, uh, you know, if they keep offering me contracts, I'll keep playing here for the rest of my career or something like that. Uh, I've not seen that, but that's great if it's true. I think I saw that too, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. saw it. It was like one of those pictures. I don't know if it was actually a real quote. I'll, uh, in the chat. I'll do some digging and see. But, um, but yeah, man, like that's the kind of vibe you get off of seeing him play. You know, what I mean, it just it means everything to him. I mean, that that Spurs moment, right? When he was like, this is this was the best day of my life. And he, yeah. he keeps having them, doesn't he? So I'm really happy for him. I'm over the moon that he got his call up, even though, you know, I was saying a couple of weeks ago, well, it means he won't get injured. And um He's not going to be a secret anymore, is he? Because he's going to do well for England, and everyone's going to start. And he's look, do you know what? He's not a secret anymore anyway. Because Jamie Carragher said he's the best player in the league at running with the ball. Ooh. I mean, the praise he's getting he's is it. absolutely amazing, man. And um, long may it continue. Long absolutely. live the Smith. Absolutely, long live the Smith, indeed. Uh, Lee, I know you're pushed for time, so yeah. we're going to move on to the final topic, and I'm going to get your thoughts first, and I'll let you go. Um, I titled this video, is it time to start trusting the process? Uh, as a little bit tongue-in-cheek, obviously. But look, 
the, the manager's been under increasing pressure from the fan base. We know that. The division between the fan base around him has been arguably as split as it was during Arsene Wenger's tenure, the latter end of Arsene Wenger's tenure. Where do you sit with the coach? And if you're not yet kind of trusting the process, what do you kind of need to see to get on that Arteta train? Um, well, listen, you know, he's done fantastically well. I think it's 10 games unbeaten. And he deserves all the praise that he, he should get from that because you know it, it's it's been fantastic. What I've what if you want to get on to Mikel and go and start backing him? What also has been interesting, I think, since the Crystal Palace game, there's been a different attitude mentally going forward. Now looking to to attack a lot more. There was parts of the game yesterday when we was dropping deep. He was having a go at Ben White for dropping deep. Get up, get up. So there was a definite thing for that. The game yesterday, despite it being 1-0, was entertaining, Tom. I enjoyed watching the game. It was a good game to watch. Finally, the goalkeeper was getting range shots at. So things are starting to change. You know, like three weeks ago, I was watching a game. We was winning against Palace at the time. I was so bored. You know what I mean? The football wasn't good. It was stale. So there is an improvement. What I will say, and I'll continue to say this now, it can easily change. You know, like, I'm not going to forget the poor, poor performances last season. When you look at things, he's a very, very lucky man to still be in this job because you look at somebody like Dean Smith at Aston Villa, got Aston Villa um, promoted, which other managers have failed to do. Five games in, Bosch gone. You know, Mikel had a lot, lot, lot worse than that sort of run um, last season, you know, when we was getting pumped at home and everything like that. I've still not forgotten Villarreal and, you know, the false nine and putting things in there like, you know, at this moment in time, and this is not having a knock at Mikel and everything like that, I'm being really serious when I say this, the pressure is not not on at the beginning of the season. It's the pressure cooker comes at the end of the season when there's trophies and points up for grabs. You know what I mean? When you've got to go to somewhere to get a win, to keep yourself in the top four or get into the top four, blah, blah, blah. That's when you make those decisions and he is going to have to get them right for me. At that stage, the, the the thing is now, and I've said this now, with Conte going to um, to Tottenham, there's no elite managers out there at the moment, so we're going to have to back him and, I'm, and and hope that it's going to work. I am seeing things at this moment in time when I'm thinking, do you know what? I can see what he's doing. All right. I've always said, even through the bad times, that, that defensively we was getting better, and he is starting to improve. Listen, the best thing that he can do is win games of football. The more games he wins, the more everybody is going to back him. And that's certainly what I'm doing at this moment in time, is winning games of football. And and that's all that really matters at this moment in time. And uh, for me, listen, if anybody goes mad about, if we don't well, if, we, if things don't go well at Liverpool and all that, and things go mad, then I think, you know, people have got an agenda against him. Let him let that one slide. Whatever happens in that game, you've got to free it at that, Mikel. See what you can do. Mm. It's then, you know... What can you do against Newcastle? And what can you do against Man United? I'm not in for this thing now, also giving him 10 games and like, oh, well, the 10 games are up now. You've got to make a decision. Why? You know, I don't think that, you know, I don't think he should be tested over the next 10 games and everything. He's doing what he's, what he's, what he is paid to do and what he should be doing, winning games of football. And if he continues to win games of football, he will have my support tenfold. If he starts messing about and losing games, he is not. And that's as simple as it is for me. Like I'm on no agenda. I'm on no in or out thing. Like You know what I mean? If you feel, if you show me that you can do the job as Arsenal manager, I'm happy. Over these last 10 games, Tom, he has showed me that he is capable of doing the job. So I'll back him. 
But if he starts losing games, I won't. And when you look at other clubs, they're more ruthless than us. For whatever reason, you think, oh, I don't think it's right that Aston Villa sacked their manager. Is it right that not for Norwich? But other teams do it. So he's got to be made accountable. He is in a fantastic... I've always said it with Mikel Arteta. He's the luckiest manager. He's the luckiest man alive. You know what I mean? Like He's got everything going for him. And he's also a massive football club that don't sack. They <laughs> will give him every opportunity to mm. be successful. He's never going to get that anywhere else. As you see, if you go to Aston Villa after five... Aston Villa, by the way, guys, this is their, this is their attitude. I'll tell you what, we sell our best player... The manager, like you know, what I mean, the manager doesn't get win five games. It's not our fault for selling our best player. It's his fault for not getting the results. Bosh, done. It ain't fair, but that's football. It is a results business. It's harsh and all that. Like so, at the end of it, like you know, for me now, he's doing the job properly, and I do see. You can look at comparisons with Man United. I do see us in a little bit of a better position than Man United. Not as far as players are concerned and everything else, but you know. They're going to go week to week like like a bumper car, aren't they? Bashing into things, going there. It does seem that we've got a little bit more of a plan. You know what I mean? Like, with players not as good as Man United, we look more of a team. And that is a compliment to Mikel Arteta. Absolutely. Lee, thank you ever so much, mate. For no worries. On. Lovely talking to you. Out of here, you guys. Go after football. Enjoy. Off Tell people like, like, I won't believe it, like, you know, but yeah, <laughs> you know. I'll be dominating, <laughs> dominating that midfield in about 20 minutes just to let you know that, like, yeah. Have a good one, fella. No worries. Thank you, guys. See you, mate. Have a good one. You can, of course, find Lee Judges on Twitter at Lee Mark Judges and check out his channel at Lee Judges TV with Dan Potts and friends. We will be continuing on. So stick with us as I now ask these pair of guys uh, what their feelings are around the coach. Chicago John, Johnny <laughs> Boy, do oh. you trust the process <laughs> um i'm not a hundred percent sure yet what the process is i know that it has to do with youth players it has to do with changing the mentality around the squad and it has to do with trying to play attractive football again so i'm all for that um it's for me it's like trust the progress rather than trusting the process right? <laughs> Very because, good. yeah so i i'm seeing progress and it's not what it used to be whenever we saw some progress around the team where there would be these statistics that would come out and like you'd look at the, the performances and they were kind of like on the fence but the, these all these great statistics about our scoring chances and this were coming out and there was increasing but like the eye test was it, you weren't it wasn't passing the eye test now i we're, the statistics seem almost irrelevant because we're, what we're seeing on the pitch is actually what is is great is great and um and it's it's progress so that's what i'm saying Th that's the key for me it's not so much you know the, the trust the process has almost become like this narrative it's almost like lost its meaning to me like what does that mean yeah like the process is this kind of ephemeral thing that involves upper management and lower man and everything you know and like moving the direction of the club it's the movement itself that i'm that i'm interested in it's the progress towards what we were and what we seem to be trying to be become and if that progress is, and I've always said this, I've always said that it's been about, am I seeing progress in the manager? Are we getting better? Are we learning from mistakes? Are we moving towards something identifiable? If the answer is yes, then I'm going to support them because that's the key. And everyone's trying their best. Everyone seems to be on board with what he's saying. And we're seeing something tangible, not just in wins, because we could be losing some of these matches, and I think it would still be good for me because I'm seeing progress on the pitch. I'm seeing an attacking identity. I remember in the beginning of the season, and we were in our group chat, and I was going, 
maybe I just don't understand this game as much as I thought I did, but I just don't see what these play, how this team is going to work together or what we're trying to do. It looks like we just have like project youth and hopefully we pray and, and, and they come through. And the reality is there might be some truth to that, but it's worked out and we're starting to see an attacking identity and we're starting to see these players that kind of would you, when you like looking at signings like Ben White and Tavares and um, you know, even players uh, like Tomiyasu, when you're looking at when you're looking at these kind of players at the beginning of the season, I'm admit, admittedly I was like, all right, I kind of have a vague idea, especially with the with the latter, but with the former and how we're going to attack and who's going to be our striker and is it going to be Aubameyang giving his last season, given his last season, it wasn't so clear to me. But as the seasons progressed, that makes much much more sense. And when you look at these youth players that are actually performing and 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 Lee kind of mentioned it earlier before he left. These are an experienced group in Watford. It was the youngest team in the league versus the oldest team in the league. The youngest manager in the league versus the oldest manager in the league. And we we took them in town, which is which is very impressive. I don't care. Yes, it's Watford, etc. But that's progress. That's progress. And that's what I care about. That's what I care about. So when you say do you trust the process, I say I trust the progress. And I think that right now there's been positive progress. And it's been tangible and identifiable. And as long as that's happening, I'm a happy guy. I really like that saying. And I'm so stealing it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hashtag trust the progress is, is the one. I love that. That's fantastic. Uh, French, I'm not going to ask you, do you trust the progress? But I am going to still ask you, do you trust yeah, the process? <laughs> I could stop that one. Um, I think, Bill, I was thinking about this as you were asking it. And for me, I think the time for kind of trusting a process is kind of gone. I think that was the first six months, maybe the first full season where everything was up in the air. And, you know, he there was all these excuses and justifications. And that for me was when it was a really fair time to ask fans to trust because we just don't have what we need yet. Now, I think it's delivery time, you know? Um, I don't think, I haven't heard uh, Mikel come out and ask fans to trust anything. Um, I've heard, um, was it Edu who came out at the start of the season who said, just wait until you see the players? So yeah. he didn't say, like, trust will be good in 12 months. He said, just wait and see. Like, see what we do, um, which is, to, to John's point, like, it's now about delivering. And so I don't necessarily trust the process in the sense that I'm just going to say, yeah, all these excuses are here, all these justifications. No, I need to see it. And we're seeing it. And I think that's where we're at in this kind of trajectory. Um, another thing that's really interesting and important in terms of when we talk about a process is the um, there's just the change of of, of kind of um, I don't want to steal Clef's term <laughs> of landscape the, the change of let's call it the footballing sphere or arena you know the kind of um, no the, the, way the way in which the game is played um, mm. it's changed massively. We're really falling. Hmm? The environment of the game. The environment, yeah, the environment. I, I, it's changed massively, and I think we were really falling behind um, under under Wenger at the end there in terms of the types of players that we were trying to use and the, the type of football that we were trying to play. And uh, a point John just raised there in terms of us having not only the youngest squad but the youngest manager against the oldest squad and oldest manager is very interesting because um, there is, like, um, our old identity was small players, technical well, our, our, our recent old identity was uh, small technical players who who maybe were a, a soft touch or lacked cojones, as a man once said. Um, and now what we're seeing is a bunch of physical 
dominant athletes competing in every part of the pitch, winning first and second balls everywhere, winning foot races everywhere. Our centre-backs are as fast as their fastest player. Ishmael Assar was not running past Gabriel or not running past Ben White, you know? They can't leave our players in the dust anymore, which is exactly what would have happened to us. It's exactly what he did to us when he played for, was it Angers or something? He played for like a French team against us in Europa League and gave us so much trouble. So we know about him, but now we can match his speed in every area of the pitch. And and this is kind of part of the modernization of the game, which I think is taking a while for me to catch up to in terms of how I view things, because um, there's a flattening out that's happening in the food chain. You know, mm. there's like a, I don't think is it well, like three points between something like seventh and 12th or something like that. And I mean, it's the, 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 the environment <laughs> has changed. And I think we've now got a manager who's helping us to be competitive in this new environment with a lot of young, relatively inexpensive players. Um, not all of them, obviously, but, but certainly some of them <laughs> like your Tomiyasu's, like your Ramsdale's um, and, and like your Gabriel's. And so there's a lot in that process that's not even about trust so much as I can see that it's working. You know what I mean? And I can see that they're doing the right things. Um, I, I And I do beyond Arteta, like if we remove Arteta from the equation, I kind of trust that process. Because I think if we get rid of Arteta and we bring in another young manager with these kind of, um, these new modern ideas that are mm. about kind of competing all over the pitch and, uh, and playing that kind of heavy metal football, that control football, whatever kind of um, new modern kind of high intensity mode of play that that all the top elite coaches are now playing, I think our squad can continue playing that sort of ball without Arteta, which, I agree. which is really mm. fantastic, and that I trust. And I also kind of trust. I'm, I saw someone say this in the in the comments about the um, recruitment for the January window. Um, after this summer's recruitment. I, I kind of trust the recruitment department. I'm thinking, Edu, smoke all the cigars you want to smoke, bro. What are you right now? Oh, like, can you remember how much stick he got for like, oh, he's going on barbecues, he's going on holidays, he's going to Raulsanya, he's wedding. Like the, the amount of stick Edu got. And you look at that window and you look where our squad is. And as you say there, French, like you, tr you trust they're doing. And I think when you said that a second ago, I will, I will continue with you. Um, you said a second ago, like, you don't have to necessarily trust Arteta. It's about kind of trusting the process, being the, kind of the direction the club's going. And if you take out Arteta and you put a new manager in, it's completely different from when Emery left. It's completely different from when Wenger left. This whole idea about when Wenger are gone is like, how do we shift this club on from, you know, to survive without Wenger? Uno Emery was unable to do that. And I think that whilst I didn't really like the appointment or like the tenure under him, I think he still got a very bad end of the stick when he took the club over after Wenger. If you think about if, say, Arteta was sacked tomorrow, the club's in a far, far better place than it was left after either of those two previous managers. Exactly. Exactly. And, and that... I don't even see it as like for me, trust the process was all about Arteta and his kind of vision. For me, it's more like I just where the club is going, I like it. I, mm. I, I can see the upside, I can see how it's working, and like I, I can see that it's making us competitive in this kind of modern game, which we which we just weren't uh, a little while ago. And and one of the key other things for me is is hearing how non-Arsenal fans are speaking about us because I mean, there's there's a lot of derision aimed towards us. It's very, I mean, after those first three games, man, oh my god, the things being said about us. Was it Gary Neville? Was like, I just don't know what they're doing. Like, I have no yeah. idea. They have. Nothing. I don't know what the strategy is. Is what he yeah. said. Yeah, and it, and he could say that because we had lost three games in a row, and we were playing. You know, like eight of our mm -hmm. of our now starting eleven weren't there, and you know, 
So he, he could get away with saying that, but now it's clear for absolutely everyone to see. You do not have to have a bias towards Arsenal to say they look good right now and it looks good for them. And and for me, that's that's something that I can believe in. I, I don't even think about it in a trusting sense, but I like what I'm seeing and I think it's going to go to... Well, I, I think it has a potential to go to a good place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've got 15 minutes left of the show, which means we're going to throw over to you guys in the chat box to get your thoughts and your questions uh, and stuff in for the guys. Uh, of course, there's quite a few of them. So if we could keep our answers kind of concise, and especially I know there'll be more being thrown in as we're talking, uh, we can get through as many of them as possible. Stephen Richards says, John, how is Ben, in brackets, Benjamin, respect that man, White's not in the England squad. He's bringing the ball out from the fence. He's perfect for international football. Uh, I agree. I think that what he's shown that he at least deserves a call up, whether he comes off the bench or whatever. I mean, he at least should get a game or two. Um, mm. I, I agree. I, I don't know. I think that he's such an excellent player and that um, w- with the ball at his feet, it would be great, especially for the attacking talent that, that England have right now to be able to progress it up through the midfield without needing a midfielder is pretty, pretty special. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, Yo-Yo says, French, should we worry about the goal difference with Anfield coming up? I think Arsenal just tipped over uh, negative goal difference after that game. I think zero they were one zero. Yeah, so they're now zero. Nah, 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 nah. We, I, whatever happens at Anfield, we're now officially clean sheet FC. So I'm not fussed about <laughs> it. We will get it back. We'll be fine. It's very hard for teams to score against us, generally speaking. So whatever happens against Anfield, man, Anfield, I'm I'm pretty. I think even if we just keep getting one nils till the end of the season, we we are just going to keep climbing up that goal difference. So yeah, not worried about it. Julian says, by the way, is anyone now moaning that we bought White instead of Varane? Uh, (laughs) Not really as much of a question, just more of a statement. I don't think I've seen anyone uh, moan, to be honest, about that whatsoever. Uh, Zamir says, John, next five fixtures, Liverpool, Newcastle, United, Everton, Southampton. How many points of 15 are we getting from that? All right. Um, I think we, hmm, I think we're, we can draw with Liverpool. I think we can nick a draw against Liverpool. So that's one. I think we could beat Newcastle, United and Everton. Um, so although, you know, with Eddie Howe coming in, I wouldn't be surprised if there's at least like a draw or something. So in that case, 10 points. I haven't won a game all season. Come on. We got well, on yeah, okay. but, but listen, uh, you know, as, as, as much as I am, you know, trusting the progress process, um, I also am also an Arsenal fan. And I know that if there's any team, uh, it, it historically can, uh, be a springboard for a new manager, uh, it's Arsenal. So um, I keep that in mind, uh, but I'm going to say 10 points out of those. 10 points from a possible 15. French, I'm going to ask you that as well. How many points do you think? We'll I, don't know. I, feel, I don't know if John missed the last game against Southampton there. Um, oh, I did. I'm, yeah, I'm going uh, with you. The, the unbeaten run continues, right? Yeah. So yeah. 13 gonna, points, John. I, I think we're going to go. I think we're going to go through those. I did miss that last one. Sorry. There was no. You don't think we're going to lose any of those games? The unbeaten run continues, baby. <laughs> <laughs> This is going to get clipped up so badly when we lose. But look, here's the thing. But but that's the whole point here. That's the whole point here. We're we're in such like there's such good momentum, which is why I was upset about the international break. But you know, (laughs) listen, we we, you know technically you don't have to lose another game in theory. But uh, in theory, I'll do do eleven points. So I I think we'll drop a couple draws and we'll we'll get three wins out of it. 
Yeah, I'm going yeah, to I'm, I'm, I'm stick with mine. I'm going to stick with mine. I agree with you, boys. Let's keep up the positivity. 11 from 15. Let's do this. Come on. We got this. I mean, I don't even know if the other draw is going to be. I think we can beat United. I feel like the draw will happen against someone that we're expecting to win against. That's what it will happen yes. in. Like, it will be the Southampton game, Southampton, or the, as you yeah. say, the Newcastle game that we just, or the, the, I mean, the Everton game in itself is probably going to be one of those. We just historically, we, I don't like playing Everton. I don't know what it is. I just don't like playing them. Um, I can't, you know, speaking of United, though, I can't on. wait to see Tomiyasu versus Ronaldo. That's going to great <laughs> i mean they've already played against one another i know they did it there's yeah, a famous Italy, picture so. isn't there of them going up against one another so I, i'm not sure what the score was bologna aren't the best of sides but i don't know how they kept out yeah but let's be real like juventus versus you know versus like arsenal man united you know in the premier league i think that's a much better like more interesting matchup in my opinion Mm. Sahil says with so many players getting called up do you think it will act as a good advert for the club to attract more young talent I mean if you look at the team now Ramsdale England international Tomiyasu Japanese international Ben White should be an England international let's be real he should be Gabriel just being called up massive congratulations to you on uh, as if he's watching oh, getting called up to the Brazilian national side Tierney or Tavares Tavares at the moment is going up against the likes of Nuno Mendes who is a brilliant young left back for Portugal but Tierney obviously Scottish international Partey Ghanaian international Lukonga Belgian international Saka England international Erdogan Norwegian international Lacazette you know and Aubameyang is a Japanese international <laughs> Lacazette's the only one who's not really an international at this stage Jack is the captain of his side of course, uh, and there's others that are in the group and coming off the bench. El Neni, Egypt International. Egypt. We, we have got a lot more than we used to. I remember, like, I think it was only like six months ago, we were looking at our first 11 and going, well, there's only about four of them going off. So it wasn't that bad. But now it's the whole first. Do you think, John, this is, and as, as Sahil says, do you think this is something that can attract young players to the team? I think, especially in England, of English young English players, they're going to look at your Saka and Emil Smith Rowe and even your Ben Whites and, and Ramsdale. They're going to emulate, want to emulate those players and their trajectory. If not just for the club, I, I don't think that there's a more famous academy right now in England than Hale End in terms of what the players are producing in the league. Mm. It's between and, us and Chelsea. So yeah, yeah, it's either us or Chelsea. And, and you know, obviously both are in London. Um, so if you if, think about it, if you're a young player in England and you have a chance to go to an academy, where are you gonna go? You're gonna want to go to Hale End or you're gonna want to go play for Chelsea right now. And that's not in the in the academy work sphere that I mean, I don't have much knowledge of it. Just as a lay person who's an Arsenal fan and a football fan, just seeing what's being said out there, which obviously could be contained a little bit, but definitely, <laughs> definitely think it's going to, uh, it's going to increase the, the amount of young players that want to come play for us, which is great. Speaking of being contained, uh, Mr. Joe Kerr says, French, could a very big could we be considered <laughs> title challenges if we get results against United, <laughs> Liverpool, West Ham? <laughs> Brilliant. Um, you know what? Yeah. Why not? Oh, Why? forgive us. So, use your head. Yes, yes. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because France won the league in August, right? And we were getting relegated in August. So, you know, things change very quickly in the Prem. I, look, I think um, that's beautiful. I, I, I'm so glad that I've been even asked that question. I think that says a lot about where we are. Um, I think was, as, and there's a lot of questions about this, um, Obviously, I, he didn't say title challenges. He might have meant top four challenges. 
I, I think he let Joe. I'm gonna give you a buy here. I love that you. I love that you assumed that it was title challenge. You're defending him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that was out of the question for a lot of people at the start of the season. I think now, without a doubt, that's something that we can aim for. You know, um, and I think that says a lot. That yeah, we can we can definitely challenge for top four. Mm. That was a question that Trini was asking. Realistically speaking, will we achieve top four this season? And if we do, who misses out, John? What do you, it, I mean, when we looked at the start of this season, for me, I was going, it's top six or bust for Arteta. If he doesn't get yeah. top six, you have to you have to move on to another coach because that'll be three consecutive seasons outside of the top six. And that's not justifiable for the money that's been spent, for the club that we are, etc. But when you look at the clubs that I thought were going to be top four, which are the top three, um, well, not the top three anymore after West Ham's win, but Liverpool, Man City and Chelsea, and you look at the way Manchester United are, are atrocious, you look at how Spurs are atrocious, Everton have not been the side people thought they were going to be under Rafa Benitez. West Ham look very, very good. Like, let's be 100% real. It, it could be between us and them to get that fourth place spot this season. Do you think it's a realistic achievement for us? Yes, I think it is. I think it is. I, and I think that West Ham have been absolutely great. And they, the, the redemption arc around David Moyes has, Moyes has been... Moyes? He's not uh, Spanish. I've already managed there for a I season. Said, but... I, I corrected myself. I corrected myself. Moyes. 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 Now, David. Now I can't say it. David Moyes. So what the hell is he saying? Oh, yeah. So the... the, the uh, what he's done, his redemption arc, even coming from a team coming back to a team and doing what he did with them and, and turning that club around is very, very impressive. Although it's one thing to do that and it's another thing to sustain it over a period of time. There are probably a couple injuries away from, you know, not being able to recuperate. So if they can, if they can fix that, you know, if they can come back, if they can maintain that consistency, I think it's going to be between us and them. So realistically speaking, will we achieve it? I think we can. And I think it's going to be between us and, and West Ham. Um, but we have, it's the same with us, though, because we're, you know, uh, Isaka or Emil Smith-Rowe, one of them gets injured. Like, we're in the same kind of boat. I don't know how. We, so that'll be an interesting test because, you know, there's no, there's no way that uh, Saka or Emil Smith-Rowe can play every game. So it's going to be how we adjust to rotation and things like that. Our benefit is that we don't have any European competition, um, which is good for now. For now, uh, yes. I just want to throw in um, because again, at the start of the season, we did a podcast um, talking about the top four in the Premier League, right? And we all agreed, right? Liverpool, City, um, United, and Chelsea uh, in no particular order. Um, and I just want to, I just want to remind everyone that there were some outrageous shouts for them being the four best teams in Europe. Oh, um, who was that? Was that Gary Neville? I think it was. No, no, I mean on this podcast. Probably Gary Neville. This if it's very a podcast. Ooh, okay. Who said that? It wasn't this me. Very podcast. Well, I, Owen was one of them. Of course he was. Of course he was. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember if Mike agreed or not. <laughs> but the but but there were shouts that Manchester United were one of the four best yeah, teams. We in did Europe. talk about that. You're right. Because I remember saying Bayern Munich are far and away better than the Man United. Yes. And, yeah. And so, so if you're talking about who misses out of the expected at the start of the season, obviously. Do I, you know? Do you yeah. know what's funny is that we had that conversation because a friend in one of my lads from home, my lads group chat, it was they were debating in the group chat what if that was the case, and I remember him jumping into that. Oh, we were live, and I threw it into here, and it just caused a ridiculous debate to it. You, but Owen, Owen believed that Man United were one of the best, 
was the best Sorry, four Owen. teams in Europe. I think Sorry, a lot of, to be fair to Owen, I think a lot of a lot of pundits. No, 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 no. Let's not be fair to Owen. <laughs> fair to Owen. He's not on here to defend himself. Someone needs to I got your back, Owen. I got your back. Oh dearie me. Unbelievable scenes that was. And we won't let him forget that anytime soon. Um Matt G asks, uh John, who is under more pressure to perform this season? Arteta to deliver top four or top six or Edu with his signings? Um, Arteta, but I don't know, you know, I think that there's pressure on both, but, um, Mm. I think that uh, it's definitely on the manager more always. They're in the spotlight. They're the, you know, he would, if, if someone loses a job and I'm not saying they would, it'd be Arteta before Edu. So I think that speaks to who's under more pressure. Takini says, I remember that podcast. They said Man United was one of the best four teams in European clubs as if Bayern Munich wouldn't exist. So (laughs) unbelievable. I was like... Everyone's just forgetting that Bayern Munich exists. Like, I would throw, I would throw, I, I would throw Ajax even in there right now. I mean, they have been very good. I've been watching every very single Ajax game, even in the league this season. They're so young good. Boys, young boys are better than United. Like United, you were about to say young boys are the top four teams in Europe. No, no, but there is a list of European teams that go ahead of Man. There's a list of Premier League. They're all. I can't believe that was. There's a list of Manchester teams that are. Bolton being one of them. (laughs) Oh dear. Anyone that lives in Bolton's going to be like, I don't live in Manchester. (laughs) It's up north. Anything north of London for me is the north. So just leave me alone. Um, Ridiculous. Let's go. What about Dortmund? Says I think, I mean, they couldn't even beat RB Leipzig at the weekend. So I doubt it's Dortmund right now. Oh, this is what we haven't talked about, boys. I wanted to talk about this. I know there's only a few minutes left. I don't know if you've got 10 minutes spare that you can extend this for a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Josh Kroenke obviously did an interview, 25 whole minutes of interview with Jeff Shrees on Sky Sports. Now, you may not, have, may or may not have seen the whole thing, um, but I'm sure you've seen some of the quotes about it as well. There was, it was interesting. Look, and I think it sparks, we, we were having a tongue-in-cheek discussion earlier about trusting the whole process and all of that stuff. But what's really intriguing is that we know that KSE as an ownership is completely tarnished. Like, for some people, it's unrecoverable, that no one could ever forgive the the ownership. Josh basically came out and said that, in his view, the KSE ownership started in 2018, when they bought out all of the shares from Arsenal. And since that point, we've still gone backwards. Like, we've still gone back to two eighth-place finishes, and we've still made some really silly decisions. But I want to kind of ask you, John, uh, starting off with you, John, and then we'll go to French, what would it take you mm-hmm. to say, I don't want a change of ownership? A beard. <laughs> He's got the beard. He's got the beard. He, he does what would, it, what would, what would have to happen? To look like, a, like, a, like a Saturday morning cartoon. Oh, he he looks like, what is it, like the Dick mean? Was it that old villain? <laughs> yeah, he looks like some kind of like sinister, you know, like like Pink Panther villain. Um, so I... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's a great question. I did watch the interview and, um, you know, not only did he say that 2018 was when they started, which is kind of BS, but it's a good soundbite. Uh, he also said that a, uh, an organization shouldn't be judged in, in a 14-hour window. Um, and I could, we'll get back to that. But yeah, yeah <laughs> which is, it, you know, there's been some very bad 48-hour windows in the history of organizations uh, that yeah, you can absolutely judge an organization in 48 hours. But um, let's let's move aside to that and to kind of answer your question. Um, what would it take? Uh, I, I think that you, we need to see at least like a league title and a real challenge in Europe. Um, and I'm talking about Champions League in Europe. If, if, if they can get us 
challenging for the title and, and actually win one. And then actually seeing us challenge in, in, in Champions League, not just getting knocked out by Bayern or Barcelona uh, in the knockout rounds every season. Uh, and I'm not saying that'll ever happen, but for me, that would be like, okay, they, you know, they, we have the right people for now. I don't think any, any ownership group is, is, is eternal, right? I think that if you mess up enough, and for some people that's probably already happened with, with, with the Super League and everything like that. But, yeah. but if, for me, as an Arsenal football club fan, what I want to see my football club do, win titles, challenge in Europe for, for the top uh, European positions, that's what I want to see. If we can do that, why would I want to change the, the, the ownership group? You know, um, and if you ask, and, and it's not like, okay, yes, I get it was a bad idea with the with the, the Super League. I get that. <laughs> and, but that idea is an understatement. It's an understatement. It's a terrible, uh, the stupid, I can't, anyway. Um, if you look at what some ownership groups are doing at Chelsea or City and now Newcastle, like, if you, we're talking about judging ownerships on, on, on their actions, um, there's a lot of reprehensible stuff going around in these in these teams. And I bet if you ask the City fans and the Chelsea fans whether they would trade that, that you know, a new ownership group, but they either get a new one, but they have to give their titles back, you know, I would I would probably guess that they wouldn't and they'd want to keep the titles because that's why you support football, right? And and I know that it's probably a little bit of cognitive dissonance because at the same time you want you're a moral person that doesn't want to support these kind of awful things happening. But at the same time, you're, you're a fan who knows that the winning for you as a fan matters a great deal. And that's the same way for me. So if we're doing that, even the transgressions, which in the light of what other ownership is doing across the league, while bad, you know, kind of pales in comparison, let's be real. Uh, I think that I'd be able to possess the cognitive dissonance related to the Super League if we're winning like that and say this is the, this is – this is the kind of, uh, you know, the, the ownership I'm okay with. So, do you separate Josh and Stan? Like, do you separate those two? Functionally, no, but for a PR perspective, yes. Because, they, you know, it's clear that anything, that entire that entire interview is all, like, rehearsed and, you know, mm. all, I think it was. I think it was. I don't yeah. think, I don't, I don't think, think he had well, the They would have absolutely pre-prepared the questions. Like, and it, they, that's they, what they, happens. They, that always happens. It did it well, and and if you watch it, you can kind of tell some of the questions where he was caught off guard. But some of them, he was like ready with an answer, like, "Oh yeah, we went over this." You know, they have expert PR people. But um, in terms of the separation, I I think functionally there's no separation, right? I think that he's more, he you know what what I think Josh has autonomy. I think he does with the club. I, I you know you look at what Stan's dealing with with the uh, NFL club. And, you know, he's dealing with a lot on his own plate. So there is a difference between the two, but they're part of the same ownership group. So when you're talking about the owners of Arsenal Football Club, I'm not talking about Josh. I'm talking about KSC, which is Stan mm -hmm. and Josh. So like from a functional perspective, they're the same. But from an operational perspective, I think there is a difference. And I think that that Josh is more the on the ground kind of guy. And maybe, um, you know, Stan will be the big picture. I don't, I don't know. I'm conjecture i generally don't think stan gives a you know i don't think he does i don't <laughs> think he does and i and i believe that i believe josh does but yeah i, I do as well yeah. yeah i believe josh does which is good uh and all i can hope is that my ownership tried to do the best to make my team as successful as possible that's all i can hope for and that's that's the words that we're getting actions mm. speak louder though so we'll see absolutely yeah when i say that i believe josh does care that doesn't mean that i like him <laughs> like, yeah. like yeah. it doesn't mean i like the guy yeah. i need to, right. a lot needs to change before anything kind of on that line of thought goes uh, french 
for you, what would it take for you to say, I no longer want to change the ownership? Yeah, it's, do you know what? I would like, I, I think in, in theory, it's a similar response to John, but there's one thing I'm thinking about, which makes me question that, which is um, what's going on with Liverpool? Um, because they did win a title and they and they won a Champions League, one after the other, but all the Liverpool fans are saying FS1, not all of them, but a lot of them are saying FSG out. Um, and the reason is, I think, is because the, the reason they won the title isn't because FSG are the best, most incredibly well-versed owners of all time. It's because of Klopp. I think Klopp mm. is an absolute genius. And I think with minimal resources, he's maximised the potential of, of a not even a real full squad, for the most part, a set of 11 players and done incredible things. Um, at first, I didn't really get why Liverpool fans wanted FSG out, but the more like I kind of cogitate on it, I do think Klopp has to take more credit than FSG in terms of uh, the, the, the owners can't really win you a title, right? They can support a manager to do so. Um, but I think he's really maximised his support. So for me, it's it's more about the continued support, um, doing the right thing. So we spent 150 million net spend, was it the highest in Europe this summer? But we, we also spent it quite wisely. Like we didn't just go out and buy a bunch of big name 28-year-old players who will sell a bunch of shirts and maybe look good. Maybe they're marquee signings. We did what we thought was intelligent for the future of the club. And if I keep seeing that, coupled with obviously kind of increases in in um in how we're trying to support so what we did last summer was great but we need more we spoke about what we need in the striker position we need more in the midfield um if we continue kind of along that route and you add silverware then it's it's a similar thing i can't really say oh i really want to get rid of these owners if they continue to support managers if they just the thing is if we have like a clock type manager come in and we just we win a, a Champions League and we win a, a Premier League. That would be obviously absolutely amazing. We'd be very yeah. happy. But there, if we then a couple of years later, because we didn't support the manager right, fall all the way off and we don't really capitalize on that, people will turn around and say, Well, have you really supported the manager? Have you made the most of this? So I just I want us to continue to show that we're trying to support the man in place and trying to compete at the top and trying to be one of the best teams in, in the country, you know, the top two, three, the best team in the country, because that's where Arsenal should be. That's where we need to be. Um, but it's not just about the silverware. It's about consistently being up there because you might get the silverware once in 30 years like Liverpool have, right? And that's mm. not going to be good enough for Arsenal fans. Like we say that now, but the reality is if we rise to the top and then we fall right back down, we're not going to be satisfied and we're going to start saying Kronke out and all this stuff. So, for me, it's not just about kind of um, a one-off kind of push. I want to see consistent support. I want to see us consistently trying to be one of the best free clubs in the country because that's who we are. And if we do that um, over a long period of time, then I can say, yeah, you know what? These guys, they, 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 they're actually putting in what needs to be put into this football club. Yeah. From my perspective, I think you both you boys have, have summed up kind of the ambitions and goals really, really well. And I think that when it comes down to what Arsenal is in my mind. It's like the perfect version of Arsenal. It's always going to be an Arsenal that are not winning Champions Leagues on a regular basis. Like I don't look at Arsenal. They're never going to be a, a Real Madrid or a Bayern Munich, despite Ivan Gazidis one tell, telling us like that's what we wanted to be. I don't look at Arsenal as a club that are going to be regular Champions League winners. I look at Arsenal as a side that should be regular 
in the future if we manage correctly regular title challenges. I want Arsenal to be back in the position where they are regularly challenging for the Premier League title. And with that, we'll obviously come an established place in the top four in the sense that we can look to have a pop at the Champions League. That's all I want, really. That's all I'm asking for again, is to have Arsenal to to have a pop going for the Champions League. I want to be back in Paris and give it another shot at that the massive ease on that trophy. I really want to see Arsenal lift it one day. To me, the Premier League is more important for us, like as as a competition, it's more important for us. But not having that comp- not having that cup, and obviously having Chelsea fans and the United fans, Liverpool fans having that over you, it's horrible. And I think Man City obviously are obsessed with the idea of trying to win that competition because of that, what it brings, and just you know having that on your kind of record of winning it. But to change my mind around the Cronkies is possible. I'm never going to put myself... There's very few things that I will ever say I can never change my mind about. And I and I completely respect on this matter that there are going to be people out there that go, look, I will never change my opinion on the Conkeys. The damage that they've done to the club is is too ingrained. It's too. It's gone for too long and I can't forgive that. And if that's your, if that's your point, I'm not going to sit here and say, look, I think that's wrong because I think it, it's over this period of time I would suggest being open to changing your mind, especially if it's possible and seeing where Arsenal can go. But it's going to take Arsenal, again, getting into an established top four place, going for titles uh, and being run a lot better. I mean, you look at the amount of losses we've made financially over the last few years. I don't want Arsenal to be a club that are making loss after loss, that aren't looking over their shoulder if FFP or any kind of situation of similar to FFP comes into place that that was to ever be enforced at Arsenal we would have to worry about that like Chelsea fans had to worry about getting a transfer ban Atletico Madrid Barcelona Real Madrid have all had transfer bans like, I don't want to be a club that's associated with these controversies either and to be honest like there are no clean there I don't you, you look around there's no really clean owners but like it's I don't want to be in a situation where we're looking at Arsenal being taken over by an owner that's got associations to human rights atrocities. I don't I don't really want that. And I'm not saying that the Cronkies are not associated in any way to those. I need to do more research, to be honest. But it's I just want to be in a situation whereby my club's challenging. I'm happy as an Arsenal fan and we can see that things are moving forwards, which we haven't seen over the last 10 plus years. We've been going backwards. So that's what I want to see. If my club's progressing and we're trusting the progress then that's all we need. It's a nice uh, segue back to where we started. Uh, we are going to wrap things up there, guys. Sorry that we couldn't go through all of your questions. We tried to go through as many as we could. There's a lot of you watching. Please do show some appreciation for my fantastic guests today as well in the chat box and drop a like on the video and subscribe if you're new. John, always a pleasure. It's been a while. Glad to have you back on the show. Yeah. Um, I'll be looking forward to seeing you. Uh, it's, v- it's very soon I'll be able to say I'm seeing you this year. That, that's uh, That's going to be great. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. Me too. Thanks for having me on again. It's always great to come on here and chat. And, you know, this season's been kind of wild, right? So, um, you know, and I, and I have a feeling it's about to get even more wild. So uh, just buckle mm. up, I guess. Absolutely. You can find John at Twitter at 305cast. And you should, if you are in the Chicago area now, find him in the Arsenal Supporters Club. I mean, I was speaking to Jared the other day. I can't believe you two have not met yet. Like, we I, need to sort this out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I go to the. It's called the Globe. It's like the the, the Arsenal supporters group. Um, I haven't gone the last couple of matches just because of the, the way the timing and having to do work and weekends because that's the way it goes. Um, but uh, it's a great place and everyone there is like super nice. So if you're ever in Chicago and you want to come watch an Arsenal match, you go to uh, yeah, go, go to the Globe Pub. It's great. It's great. Lovely stuff. French, glad to have you back on the show, my friends. Best of luck 
not getting cancelled uh, with your new podcast. Um, but no, I'm only kidding. It's I've tuned in for a couple of episodes and I've been laughing throughout them. So uh, <laughs> best best of luck with it, mate. Oh, mate, I'll take that as a as a big vote of confidence, mate. Thank you very much. Um, no, nah, yeah, we're Teflon. We're not getting cancelled. We're we're far too inclusive. Thanks very much for having me on, bro. It's been been great chatting about the arse. And um, yeah, um, if anyone wants to find out about the podcast, just hit up uh, French Guna Twenty Three. Follow me there because I do post a lot from my podcast on there. So yeah, you can find out more about it there. There you go at French Guna Twenty Three. If you want to go and check it out, uh, and of course, John, is there any plans for the Chicago Arsenal podcast starting, or is it? There's they have a, a podcast. Uh, one one some people here in Chicago actually do, so they invited me to come on. Um, I haven't been able to get on there yet, but um, I, you, are you saying is there going to be a Chicago? I'm Arsenal saying podcast? are you going to rival them or just join them, <laughs> amalgamate the two? Like, <laughs> uh, you know, we'll see. You never know what the future holds. Let's just say that. Lovely stuff. I'm just missing that music. Uh, that's that's all I want back in my life. I think I, I, I was a couple of weeks ago. I actually tuned into an old one. I think when you had Mike on, just to hear the music again, <laughs> <laughs> just to hear it back. That's that's what it is. Do go check out the Arsenal Miami podcast and go listen back to some of the old episodes just to hear what I'm talking about because it's worth it. Um, anyway, we'll see you tomorrow morning uh, as always for the 8 a.m. show. Uh, there's uh, hopefully, I'm pretty sure we'll be having Ask Blog on tomorrow evening as well. So make sure you tune in for that uh, content and there'll be more interesting pieces uh, of viewing uh, for you guys to check out throughout the international break so you're not bored do drop a like on the video do subscribe if you're new and as always up the arsenal ACAST powers the world's best podcasts here's a show that we recommend This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. (laughs) (laughs) You will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. (laughs) This was, like, wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. Like you were real different. Bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected yeah. things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout season two, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.